Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We're so thankful that you're taking some time today to listen. We pray that this week's message challenges you to press in deeper with your pursuit of Christ. Our mission at Vision Church is to go and make disciples. You can help us in this mission by rating this podcast and sharing it with the world via social media. We want to reach the lost by raising up the found. Thank you again for tuning in today and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you today at Vision Church. It's just good to be anywhere. Especially grateful to be here. What an incredible church and all that God is doing among you. No church has a future unless its dreams are bigger than its memories. There are a lot of churches that look like museums in Charlotte today. But this is not one of them, because all that God is doing among you here at Vision Church is just the beginning of what he is planning to do in the days ahead. Aren't you grateful to be a part of a church that's going somewhere? Amen. Going somewhere. And so I'm just honored to be here today with you and uh, excited about all that God is doing among us. Today I want to talk to you about uh, how do you go from questions for God to confidence in God. Well, I'm glad you asked. There's a little Old Testament book in the Bible that uh, is the focus of our attention this morning. It's the book of Habakkuk. And uh, two or three things are happening right now. Somebody's saying, well, you know what? I'm just going to trust him. He knows where that is. (laughs) The smart ones in the room, are you going back to the index and find that page number? And then others of you just sort of flipping through the Bible or just praying it lands on the right spot. Uh, it's page 1192 in, uh, in my Bible. Uh, but this incredible little book, the prophet Habakkuk is a man who is very much like a lot of us in, in that he, he's had questions for God in his life. Right, chapter one, let me just read a couple of verses. He begins by asking some questions. He says, Lord, how long will I cry and you'll not hear? Even cry out in violence and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me and strife and contention arise? It sounds like he's living in 2023 in the U.S. Yeah. Questions, questions, questions. That's how he begins this little three-chapter book. But when you get to chapter three, the end of this book, let me just read to you what he says now. Chapter three, verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail and the field need no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me to walk on high places. Does anybody see the contrast from chapter one to chapter three? Thank you, both of you. There's three themes in this book. One is struggle and doubt, and you can see it in chapter one. The prophet, he's just, he's struggling. You know, God, I don't understand all the stuff that's going on. Things just don't make sense to me, God. And so there's struggle and doubt. The second thing I see in the book is, is 
God's sovereignty, and, and here's, here's what's so powerful. Although evil exists, God is still ultimately in control. The third thing I see in this book is hope. The hope is not in the world system. Our hope is in God this morning. The word Habakkuk means embracer. It's, it's the prophet of God embracing the people of God and looking around like a, a mother hen would embrace and cover her little chicks. Do you ever have questions for God? I have a lot of questions sometimes for God. See, God doesn't mind your questions. What he does mind is you not being honest with him. That's good. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of pretending things, but, but God doesn't, he's not afraid of questions. I've got questions. All God's children have had questions. And you see him here in, the, in this first chapter. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry and you'll not hear? And, and, you know, have you ever cried out to God and said, God, you know, why don't I get an answer? How many know that God's timetable is different than yours? And so he's, he's crying out. And I just find myself trying, kind of relating with him this morning. Saying, God, there's some things that are going on I just don't understand. Here in verse 12, he's saying, Lord, don't I figure in your plans? Verse 13, he says, Lord, why do you, you cause the wicked to prosper? Verse 17, God, should you, your people be continually ridiculed by godless people? God, will you, will you ever punish the godless? All those things are going on in his heart and his mind. And as I look at this book, it brings to, to me several things that I think are important of how are you going to get from chapter 1 to chapter 3? Yeah. So if you're taking notes, here's number 1. Somebody write this down just in case it's important. <laughs> the first thing Habakkuk does, he gets honest with God. Yeah. And his honesty is expressed. See, one of the problems we have is we get honest with everybody else but God. That's good. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're, we're telling everybody how bad things are, how awful things are, and, and how, how I feel about life and how I feel about everything else. And you, you're, t you're, you're, you're telling everybody but the wrong, except the right one. It's God. That's so good. You got to bring it to God. He's the only one who has answers. When you've ever found an answer on Facebook, <laughs> or Twitter, or God forbid, TikTok. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like the, uh, the guy came, who came home one night uh, drunk and his wife helped him into the house and, you know, and helped him get into bed. And she said, do you want me to pray for you? He said, yeah, please pray for me. And so he's laying there and she says, God... Here's Bill, and he lies here before you drunk. He said, no, 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 just tell God I'm sick. <laughs> you ever done that? You know, let, I don't want to be honest with God. I, you know, and you, you kind of explain your situation to God. You know, God, you know, this is what happened. Now, you know, and, once, and God, once he hears your explanation, he said, oh, now that you mentioned it, it's not as bad as I thought either, you know. Uh, <laughs> at some point, you got to get honest. Because God rewards people who are honest with him. He's not afraid of those questions. He's God. He's heard them before. From a lot of us. But it's being expressed to God. That's the, the, the difference here. He is your source. He is the one who can answer the questions in your life. And so the first thing I see with Habakkuk is honesty. Secondly, is patience. 
You see there in chapter 2, he says, after I ask all these questions, here's what he says. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. See, God is saying to Habakkuk, what I'm doing and the truth that I want you to see is for an appointed time. The Living Bible says it will not be overdue one single day. In verse 3, he says, my, the Lord says, my way has an appointed time. I don't know about you, but when I'm praying for some answer, uh, I'm, I'm the most impatient person in the whole world. You know, right now, right now, right now, right now. And God says, you know what? It's on my calendar. I've got an appointed time for this. It's good. It's good. You need to be patient because I know what I'm doing. Amen. It hastens toward the goal. And when we, we see unanswered prayer, it doesn't feel like it's hastening toward the goal. You see, our, our behavior is influenced by one of two things, either our experiences or our expectations. Which see, what's interesting here with Habakkuk is instead of allowing his experiences, which are frustrating, to color his behavior, he turns and allows his expectations to determine his behavior. We sit here this morning, you look pretty good, you clean up well. But here's what I know. If it weren't for God's grace, some of you wouldn't be here today. Amen. If it weren't for God's mercy, you wouldn't be here this morning. I wouldn't be here this morning because, you know, 23 years ago they told me I wouldn't be here. I had lymphoma cancer stage four. They told me I wouldn't be here. But it's 23 years later, and, I, and I'm still here today to irritate you. This is a blessing. Come on, somebody give God praise for my blessing. Would you? Yeah. But today you sit here, and you've got questions, and you've got challenges, and you've got all these things that are going on. And the Lord says, will you just be patient with me? Because I am a God who hears and answers prayer. Amen. And things are in process right now. Don't let the past dictate your future. Don't let your experiences, see, because it's easy to let everything that's happened to us dictate how we feel today. But I came here today, I, I woke up this morning, I was breathing and, and uh, taking on nourishment today. And it, it'd be so easy for me to, you know, to have you know, picked up the Charlotte paper to, and look at the obituaries to make sure my name wasn't in it. <laughs> but today I came here with expectations. Amen. Because I believe God's plan for everybody's life in this room is going to get better, not worse. Yeah. I believe God has plans for everybody here. And it's for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Yeah. That's what I believe. See, my expectations today are going to decide how I live this day. Yeah. We've all had horrible experiences in many situations in the past. But I refuse to let what somebody did to me or what happened to me in my past dictate my future. That's so somebody get this. Patience. God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God's ideas are bigger than your, and he knows what he's doing. The third thing that I see here with Habakkuk, not only from honesty with God and, and patience with God, now he moves to faith in God. Look at chapter 2, verse 4. Habakkuk says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Oh, wow. That sounds familiar. The just shall live by his faith. 
Paul wrote that in the New Testament. The man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. You see, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament talks about two kinds of faith. A faith that saves us and a faith that supports us. Faith is faithfulness. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I am a man that believes in faith, and I have faith today. Not just faith in faith. We all have a measure of faith. We go to doctors whose name we can't pronounce, who gives us a prescription that we can't read, and we take it anyway. I heard recently there are 150 bridges a year that collapse in the United States, but we're still crossing them. The heroes of the faith in, in Hebrews chapter 11, they died in faith, not having received the promise, but they saw it and greeted it afar off and acknowledged that they were strangers on this earth. My faith allows me to see beyond my present situation. Yes. What happens here with Habakkuk, faith starts to, to rise in him. Here's what faith does. Faith puts God between us and our difficulty. That's so good. Between us and our search circumstance, us and our situation. Can I get a couple of guys to come help me up here? In, uh, yeah, yeah, Pastor, and yeah, there we go. Come on, come on. So, uh, just uh, stand right here. Yeah, <laughs> face me, face me, and then Pastor, we stand behind him. Yeah, just like this. So, no, let's reverse that. Do the other way. <laughs> so, so here, here's the deal today. Here's our problem. <laughs> now I see why you were And God is somewhere back here. I know my situation. It's present. It's right here. I, 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 I've identified it. I'm an expert on my problem. So good. I'm an expert on my situation. But what does faith do? Faith puts God between me and my circumstances. So good. You see, the circumstances are still there. The challenges are still there. But instead of letting my circumstance dictate how I respond, I recognize that God is here. He's bigger than my circumstances. He's more powerful than whatever it is I'm facing. He's greater than anything that I'm dealing with today, and my faith is in God. Thank you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That's what faith does for us. It puts God between us and our situation. Faith gives us energy. Faith, you show me a person with faith and I'll show you a person with, with spiritual energy in their lives. Yes. There's a story of uh, a town being condemned by the federal government, uh, just like uh, down north of here at Lake Norman 75, 80 years ago. They condemned uh, tons and tons of acres of, of land and of, of, of communities and uh, built Lake Norman. And there was a community just like that, that uh, government said, you know, uh, you got five years and this will be underwater. We're building a lake here. In that five year time frame, things started to deteriorate in that town. People didn't fix up their houses anymore. 
Nobody painted anymore. Nobody took care of the plumbing anymore. And within a couple of years, a really beautiful community began to deteriorate down to nothing. You see, if there's no faith for the future, there's no hope in the present. My God. And that's why it's so important for us to, to exercise faith, to live in faith. That we, we are people of faith. The fourth thing, for those of you who are taking notes, I see prayer begin to invade Habakkuk's life. Look, look there, chapter 3. Habakkuk, he's gone from honesty to patience and faith to prayer. He says in chapter 3, O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath. Remember mercy. He begins to pray, and we're praying for people whose names are all, all over this platform today because we know prayer changes things. Amen. Prayer changes people. The power of prayer, it's, it's that communication directly into the throne of grace. Amen. I'm grateful today that, that when Jesus cried out, it is finished on the cross, that the veil back at the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And everybody today has access. All of us have access into the presence of a living God to make our petitions known, to come before him and let him know what we feel. We don't have to go through a man anymore. We go directly to God. Anybody grateful for that today? directly to the Lord. Here's what prayer is. It, it's an intersection between our need and the cross of Jesus Christ. Because every need that you have, he paid for and dealt with at his cross when he died. Faith also, and prayer also, is that, that int interception you know, we're, we're in basketball country here. I love basketball. And the analogy of prayer is this. You're going down to, to score, and the opposing teams, a team gets the ball out from under you as you're dribbling it. And when they do that, they're headed down to the other end of court for a slam dunk. Here's what prayer does. When the enemy who's come to kill, seal, and destroy, when he's ready to do a slam dunk on your life, as he's coming down for the slam dunk, there's just a hand from heaven just. <laughs> Excuse me, you thought you won, devil, but you're a liar. And I purchased with my blood, Amen. your future, and your faith, and your hope. Prayer becomes a, a vehicle. And so back he's starting to pray. And the fifth thing I, I begin to see with him is, is he, uh, he begins to meditate. Meditate on the things of God. You know, some people meditate on oak trees. Some people meditate on their navel. Some people, you know, we're talking about meditation on the, the Word of God. Letting the Word of God kind of dwell richly in our lives and, and meditate on the things of God. There's a little word that appears here in Habakkuk. It's the word selah. Say that with me, selah. It's found 71 times in the book of Psalms, 
And it's found three times in the book of Habakkuk. Nowhere else in the Bible. What does it mean? It means stop and think about it. Stop and think about it. Think about how I've been faithful to you in the past, Habakkuk. And Habakkuk saying, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Lord, I remember your faithfulness to me. I'm just asking you to show up again like you did five years ago in that situation. Lord, I just, I, I'm just so grateful for, for all that you've done, you know, and, and your faithfulness to me. And, and the worship team sang about it this morning. We sang the songs that describe this this morning. Lord, your faithfulness. And you begin to meditate on the things of God, on how good he has been, how faithful he's been. And Habakkuk saying, Lord, remember, I remember, Lord, how you, you uh, drove out the, the enemy out of the wilderness. Lord, I, I remember how you, you saved my nephew. Lord, I remember all the things that, that you've done, Lord. And I'm just believing now that you're going to restore everything that the canker worm has, has taken. I'm believing you're going to restore everything that I've lost. I'm believing you're going to restore all the things that have happened to me. And he begins to thank God. He begins to worship God. I have in my possession a boarding pass. I fly a lot. Uh, I'm almost two million miles on American, and I'm two and a half million on Delta. You know what that means, right? It means I don't have a life. That's what that means. <laughs> but I was flying many, many years ago. Uh, and some of you won't be able to relate to this because this is before cell phones. There was life before that. It was actually pretty good. And uh, I was in the St. Louis airport, scheduled to get on a, a turboprop to go from St. Louis to Springfield, Missouri. And uh, what they used to do over the loudspeaker in the airport, they would, if you had a message somewhere, they would they would go on the, on the loudspeaker system and call your name and you have a message at, at the main terminal. And so I'm getting ready to board this flight and I get this uh, message over the intercom system uh, that there's a message for me in the main terminal at the message center. So I, I take the trek all the way back, all the way back from this, from way out on this, this uh, ramp and back to the terminal. I get there. And I said, you know, I'm Ron, and uh, I, there was a message that came from me, and uh, the guy looked at all the paper like this and said, I can't find a message for you, sir. So I, I know, I know uh, you called me. You know, I was born at night, but not last night. I, I, I know you called me. <laughs> so, so well, we, I, can't, I can't find it. I walked back to that gate and my flight had left. Within 45 minutes of that plane taking off, everybody went down in that plane. You see, I got a boarding pass that reminds me how faithful God has been to me. See, he's done more for you than you even understand. God's protected you when you didn't even know you needed to be protected. 
God's kept you when you didn't even understand what you needed. And if he never does another thing for you for the rest of your life, he is worthy of praise and honor and rejoicing for the rest of your life. Come on, somebody. For the rest of your life. And so the Sela moments happen. Lord, I, I just meditate on those things that you've done. I, I recognize, Lord, your faithfulness. I recognize, Lord, your grace. So here's Habakkuk. Questions for God. And he gets honest with God. They begin to patiently understand, God, I know you're at work in this situation, and I'm just going to trust you even though I don't understand and I can't figure it out. And his patience moves him to faith. He begins to believe that God is bigger than his circumstances. God is more powerful than the situation in his life. Which takes him now to praying for God to intervene. And then he begins to meditate on the things of God. And when you look at the last three verses of chapter three, he says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail and the field you no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Wait a minute. Have things changed from chapter one? There's still no food on the vines. There's still no herd in the stalls. Nothing's changed from chapter one. Still no figs on the fig tree. Nothing has changed, but look at verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He says, though things haven't changed, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You see, this morning, brothers and sisters, praise is a choice. Yes. And he begins to, to, to begin to worship God and praise God. He said, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like deer feet that I can climb on high places. You know, I ask people all the time, how you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. See, that's the problem. You're under the circumstances. My God. See, God wants you on top of your circumstances. Yeah. He, wants you, he said, the Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. I will climb on high places. I refuse to let the bottom feeders get me. I'm going to rise above the situation, the circumstances of my life because I know that my God is bigger than whatever it is I'm facing. So he's going to make my feet like deer's feet. I'm going to climb the heights. I'm going to... I'm going to believe. Let me paraphrase it for some of you. I was lame and languishing and fear, but God has given me strength. And now my feet are swift and sure. No longer will I walk in the valley. I will climb the heights. Glory to God. Well, let me paraphrase it for the rest of you. Though my job doesn't work out and my health fails and the forces of evil may seem to have things going their way, the economy is not working the way I want it to and the election may not come out the way I hope for, I will not back away from you, God. I will not resent you, Lord. There is one thing I will not stop doing. I will not stop praising you. I will not stop magnifying your name. I will not stop lifting my voice in thanksgiving to you. You are my source. You are my strength. You are my strong tower. You are the mighty God and I choose to rejoice in you today. Come on, somebody. I choose to rejoice in you today. And I walk through that difficult days 
chemotherapy every two weeks, all the experimental stuff they could give me. Every two weeks they'd pour poison into my body. For six months, every two weeks. They said, you have two tumors in your chest the size of grapefruits. And the cancer's through your whole body. After six months of all the chemo they could give me, they did scans again. And the doctor met with me and he said, uh, said Ron, uh, there's still some stuff in your chest, but we can't give you any more chemo. If we give you any more chemo, we're going to kill you. Your body cannot take any more. And I looked at the doctor that day up in Winston-Salem, and I said, I'm good. And 23 years later, I'm still good. So you have, you have a decision to make today. And that decision is this. Are you going to allow what's happened to you to determine how you live and how you respond? I deal with people all the time. They've gone through a difficult divorce. They've gone through financial crisis. They've, they've walked through sickness. And it's so easy to let what's happened to you begin to color how you see everything. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody right now, even coming out of COVID, you've, you've lived with this cloud. We call it depression. It comes by a lot of names. And you've been grappling with those things in your mind, in your heart. And God brought me here today to say to you, your past and the events that have happened that bring you to this moment today because of him and his grace and his forgiveness do not have to determine your future today. Hallelujah. Do not have to determine what, what happens from here. Just be honest with him today and say, God, I need you. God, I got thousands of questions and I don't have answers. But somehow, I heard that guy today and he said that you do love me and care for me and you do have a plan and you do know what you're doing in my life. Yes. And I make a decision to trust you. That's the decision I made. He's bigger. He's greater. He's more powerful than whatever it is you're facing right now. And he's here today by the power of his grace to touch and change your life. In these final moments of this Sunday morning, I'm asking people all over the room to join Habakkuk and just say, God, I don't, there's stuff I don't understand. But I'm gonna be honest with you today and say, here's where I'm at. Yes. See, he's not afraid of your questions. Here's where I'm at, God. And I acknowledge today that I can't, I can't fix this on my own. How many know when you try to fix it, it gets worse? <clears throat> try to fix this on my own. But today I'm trusting you. I'm putting my faith in you, God. 
because I'm not going to let my experiences color my future. I'm going to let my expectations. Because you're in my future. God's in our future. And he's prepared to walk with us into it. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, click that subscribe button, share this podcast on social, or even take a screenshot from your story and tag us. We'd love to hear how the Lord is using this podcast to bless your life. You can send an email to info at visionchurch.com or you can DM us on social with a story of how God is moving in your world. Also, we'd like to thank those who invest in our ministry financially. It's because of your sacrifice that we are able to publish this every week. If you'd like to join in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in the description or visit visionchurch.com and click the Give tab. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Thank you.